Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Well, hello and welcome back to Ayers on the Road. We're glad to be with you today. We've just had a kind of a neat week. We've been down in Arizona for a quite an auspicious occasion. We have our darling granddaughter returned triumphantly from her mission. <laughs> um, she ha- was assigned to Uruguay 18 months ago, well, almost two years ago now, and uh, was so excited. They had Uruguay flags all over their house, and they were so <laughs> excited, and then COVID. So she went to Texas, Austin, Texas, and flags all over everywhere again and um it was really a great experience that they she missed the you know these missionaries that are assigned to other missions now have to have six months um if they're going to actually be in the country they were originally signed to and she missed the window by two weeks and if you're so, not a if you're not a member of the church of jesus christ latter-day saints which many many of you are not you probably wonder what on earth we're talking about but <laughs> maybe you know it's uh, to people who aren't part of our culture it, it's quite a remarkable thing when they learn that so many of our young people go for two years or 18 months to a place that they don't choose They get a call and they're assigned to go there and do humanitarian service and missionary work and volunteer, full-time volunteer work for a long time. And um, Well, 18 months for the women and two years for the young men. And they're usually 19 years old or in some cases even a little younger. And they... uh, Two of the most exciting things that has happened repeatedly in our family, and it it never loses its awe and amazement. One is when they open this calling, as one of our granddaughters just did this last week, and found that of all the places in the world, she was going to Chile in South America. And then then last week, this other important thing of a a missionary returning and returning. debriefing and telling us about this this remarkable year and a half. It's a coming of age thing. It's a rite of passage in a way. It's a becoming mature. These young people go out as kids basically and come back as real adults in, in a lot of ways who've faced real life. Really a lot of hard world. things and have helped a lot of people and some who didn't want to be helped and some who didn't deserve to be helped, and they are just remarkable kids. Many of you know that all nine of our children served this type of mission, all went outside the U.S., all all went to places that just seemed right for them. I mean, it's amazing. We really believe these callings are extended by God himself and that there's wisdom beyond human wisdom in terms of where they end up going and serving. I'll tell you one thing, they come back more ready for making the decisions of what to major in in college and where they want to live and how they want to live and who they want to try to contribute to and so on. It's a it's a remarkable thing culturally as well as spiritually. It is. And it's also been very difficult during COVID because yeah. often they've had to sit in their apartments and just work online. Um, and that's been 
successful too to some extent and it just they just make it work they're they're amazing yeah and as some of you also know we had the real privilege of serving as a uh, mission leaders or mission president for 600 over 600 in the three years that we spend in london young missionaries who served with us and what an experience that was but anyway that's where we've been this week and we're back we got back Yesterday, our flight was delayed from Phoenix. We had a speech to give last <laughs> night, and we kept looking at it. You know how those flights, we when they start getting delayed, you never know. But we got here with, what, 20 minutes to spare? Well, oh, yeah, a little <laughs> bit of 20 minutes to get ready and get over there. It was a, a little fireside on marriage, which was really fun. We had such Lots a nice of, group of people. We learned a lot last we night. We did. Was, a lot of great suggestions. It's one thing to give a speech, but it's better when you can have a discussion and people are contributing and excited and asking questions and throwing out their own thoughts on how to how to make marriages better and so on. It was just a delightful evening. Wish, we wish you all could have been there. Yes, and but uh, on to on to our <laughs> topic for the day. Uh, we we were just saying that to let you know we have been on the road and in the air. Right. right. So we're getting back today on the podcast to these three letter lessons, which we are, I think I speak for myself, but I think we're both increasingly excited about these. It's, you know, I've been intrigued ever since I was a college student, actually a high school student is the first time I read Benjamin Franklin's autobiography. And how he set up certain words that, that represented the type of character he wanted to have and then sort of lived them. He just sort of, you know, it was the as if principle. I'm going to act as if I am already a punctual person and I'm going to be on time from now on. Or I'm going to act as though I'm a, a extremely courteous person. And I'm going to be that type of an individual. And, and we're trying to do it in a very different way, kind of a more, I don't know, a more, we, we, we've decided that there are certain three letter words that can kind of lodge in your mind and, and you define them as this quality you want to have. And you think about them and you work on them and you develop them in your own mind and they begin to form not only your character, but sort of your capacities, your your attitudes, your paradigms, how do you look at life and so on. And we're, we're on the eighth one today. So some of you listening, if you haven't heard the earlier ones, go back in whatever pro, uh, podcast app you use and we've numbered them. And, you know, last the last time, last month, we did the word joy, which has been our favorite word all of our lives. But we've done several other words that are kind of exciting and today we're doing a word, three-letter word, F-L-O, flow. 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 Richard has never been a very good speller, so this really works. For <laughs> well, him. it has to be three letters, <laughs> it right? It has to be three letters. And so um, flow is what we've been doing the last uh, couple of weeks, and I hope that you have too in some ways. I mean, we're all flowing toward something, um, flowing toward the end, <laughs> yeah. um, but flowing toward what we really want in life and what we um, 
desire and flowing toward our goals flowing and and we don't want to make you think it's a uh, an action word that creates pressure flow makes it feel easy right yeah i think i think even the sound of the word flow yeah so in fact it almost could be a mantra for meditation you know when you're sitting there and you're just in your mind saying flow flow but it implies i think linda a, a kind of a a sense of natural ease and relaxation and and calmness which we're all striving for we live in this world we're all getting up in the morning and and realizing that the war in ukraine is going on and getting worse and that there's so many things beyond our control and so those macro things tend to make us feel unsettled and nervous and and we're busy we've got things to try to do and we're troubled by a lot of things and and we all long for a, an ability to to relax and to feel a little more centered and a little more in tune with who we really are and with divinity with with the divine and something about this word and the sound of it just speaks to us flow in fact honey i remember um one of our sons we had two of our of our sons who were really quite remarkable high school basketball players both were named to some high school All-American teams. And uh, Talmadge, our our tallest son, um, tended to he'd get so up for games that he was a little hyper. He was a little nervous. And, and we all have that. When you're facing a challenge, maybe you're giving a speech, you're teaching a lesson, or you've got a presentation at work, or, and the nerves start to come in and so on. And and uh, I remember way back then, you may have forgotten this, honey, but Tal <laughs> wrote on his shoes, on his sneakers, he wrote flow and fire, F-L-O. Oh, yeah. Fire. And, and the thought was, you know, I'm going to be relaxed. I'm going to approach this game. I've done my preparation. I know what I can do. I'm not going to be nervous but I'm going to have some fire when I need to turn it on. It'll be there. I I won't be hyper, but I'll be, I'll be calm, but ready to, you know, take advantage of an opportunity and turn on the speed and so on. And so this word's been kind of going around in our family for a long time. So what you're saying is really that we put in our minds what we want to happen during the day. I mean, if we, and how, if we, we, wanna, take the time how we want to, how we want to approach the day. Yeah. If we take the time to think about it, uh, you are so good at that. I am not good at that. I like wake up and like, what do I have to do today? Okay. Get up, go do no, it. No, 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 no. You're actually really good at it. I like, I remember when all the kids were there, you, you, we, you may not have called it this, but you would actually, before you faced the day, you would go in a oh, you'd, you'd go stuff. in the bathroom and close the door and lock the door. I think what you were really doing is getting in the flow. You were saying, I'm going to approach this day calmly. I'm not going to react to the little crises and the little needs and the little demands. I'm going to flow. Well, I knew that I was headed into a hurricane when all those little kids were home. And so I did go in and 
And it wasn't easy because somebody's pounding on the door. I can't find my shoes. I need my lunch money. Somebody hit me. I mean, you know, I, <laughs> it, it really wasn't easy to do that. But just thinking a little bit about that before I went in, worked about 40% of the time, which was really <laughs> better, better than, than nothing. nothing. Yeah. No, I think that you, you make a great point. I mean, this is, you know, we tend to get up in the morning and work on things that are external to ourselves. What have I got to do? Let's make my list. Let's check it off. Let's get things going. Let's get things done. Instead of starting out by working on the inside of ourselves, how am I going to behave today? How am I going to approach things? What is going to be my attitude? What is going to be my demeanor? Yeah. You start with the you inside. You don't do that often enough. I mean, I, center I yourself. So good, yeah. Now, people, you know, some are, we, we respect people and we have some good friends who meditate beautifully. And that's the way they start their day. And that meditation is based on the definition we're giving this word. It's getting yourself into that flow, getting yourself connected to who you are and to God and to the, the, the things that really influence your inner part. And then you're able to face the outer. Um, as a musician, Linda, how would you, does that concept of flow come into the composition of music or into the performing of music? And the composition for sure. And for a lot of people, <clears throat> for the presentation of music, for me, I go from slow to panic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you, you I'm not good at performance. <laughs> well, but but when people are really in a zone, that's another interesting word that's often used in sports, right? That he was just in a zone. I mean, the basket was as big as the ocean in basketball, or you know, he was moving with a certain rhythm or a certain power in what he was doing. And I think a great musical performance kind of has that flow to it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you can tell when you're in flow, you are relaxed and, and in tune with what's going on in tune with the spirit, if you will. And I, we've all felt that. And then there's other times where you're just scattered. Your brain is, it's such a different feeling. Yes. Well, sometimes you define something by its opposite. What, what would you say the opposite of flow is? Nervousness? Um, and panic. Panic. <laughs> I just said it. It's almost like you can see it like your mind. A flow is something that just happens and it's smooth. And it's not jagged or ragged or, or intense or, or, or troubled or, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a smooth line. Think of Think of flowing water. Think of flowing air, the air currents. Um, flow is this, it's this natural thing. It's relaxing. It's refreshing. Um, it, you know, it's zen. It's, it's uh, the whole thing of being out of mind in a way, um, not thinking, doing it naturally, just being guided by something larger than yourself. Well, it's, it's a beautiful quality. We've got to take a little break. And then when we come back, we'll try to expand a little on this concept of flow, this three-letter lesson, and how it applies within our families and our marriages and our parenting. So hang on. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. 
Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back. Um, we are talking today about flow, as you know, and we have realized that we can slow our minds down with flow if we just think about it, if we just concentrate on it before we start our day. Um, all it takes is just a minute. And there are so many people that are good at, better at meditation than we are. We're working on it, though, and we're going to share some of the thoughts on that. But but you say, Linda, you say, well, you know, it's something you get yourself into. And I basically agree with that. That's the meditation, the calming approach. But I think you can also pray yourself into it. Yeah, that's true. The, the spirit of the Holy Ghost, the, the calming, clear, sort of clarifying image that 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 doesn't come from inside of us it comes from outside of us so that's an interesting way to think about it you get in flow from the inside by calming yourself breathing um meditating and so on but you may also even in a more powerful way get into this flow state that we're trying to describe by asking for the spirit of god the holy ghost to imbue you and and that is, we, all of us who have felt it, and I think everyone has felt a divine intervention at one time or another, and often many, many people feel it often. And there is no question that it is a calming, peaceful um, flow kind of a feeling when we are in the spirit of God. Right. It's the exact opposite of getting things done. You know, of just waking up and clicking off your list that you have to do. Like this morning, as soon as we finish here, I get to go see a friend who is oh, really in bad shape <clears throat> with her hip. She can't walk at all right now and is saying she can't take medication for two years. And she's a sweet, darling lady from Romania who, um, who you've befriended and she just loves you well and she's so grateful she is a dear soul her. who has rescued her son he's come here and become a really prominent um surgeon for children to fix cleft lips and palates and facial problems and so on is doing so much good but she came as a sacrifice for him so instead of just running up and taking her some flowers if i just think about it for a minute how can I show more appreciation for her? How much can I, how can I show love for her? Uh, it's really helpful. And then later I get to be with um, one of our grandchildren who is in a play and we're going to go out and have some dinner. But if you think about that a little bit before you go into what do I want to accomplish here? And does she feel my love? Does she feel that? Yeah. Then it's a flow. Well, I think what you're saying is a lot of, we, we always sort of try to think about what we're going to do. You know, we're going out. We're going to do this today. We're going to go see this woman today. We're going to do this, going to do this. And doing is important, obviously. And, and that's where we focus a lot. But can we also think, how am I going to feel? How am I going or to? how am I going to make them feel so yeah, that they yeah. feel the flow? How am I going to think? How am I going to deal with this construct in my mind? And I think my favorite scripture, I have a lot of favorite scriptures, and, and you do too, honey, but in, in our scripture called the Doctrine and Covenants, there's a section that's divided into sections, 
And uh, the 121st section ends with the, and, and flow occurs in scripture, by the way, and, and this is one of the, those times that there's a promise in there. I won't go into the, all the things that lead up to the promise, but the promise is that things will flow unto you yeah, forever and ever without compulsory means. Isn't that a beautiful yeah, it is. kind of a thing? It's really amazing. It'll flow to you forever <laughs> and ever without compulsory means. And it means the blessings of God, but it also, I think, means this powerful spirit of flow and of, of ease. When you're in flow, it's easy for other people to feel your, it's contagious, I think that's what we're trying to say, and that kind of leads into the family thing. If if a parent can get into this spirit or this attitude or this paradigm of flow and peace, peace is a, another great word, and another scriptural word is peaceability, which I like because it, it almost sounds like, you know, you can break it down, peaceability. Do you have the ability to put yourself oh, in a like peaceful that. state, yeah. peaceability? And, and the idea that if you can put yourself in that kind of a mode, it is contagious to your children. And all of you have noticed that. You are parents. And sometimes we think, I've got to do something about my kids. I've got to make them better. I've got to make them we're all focused there, but if we focus on ourselves, I've got to get my kids to be less hyper. I've got to get my kids to be more calm. I've got to get my kids to be more obedient and so on. What about focusing on yourself? As a parent, I've got to get this peace within me because it will, it will be contagious to my children. We've had those days when we're in that flow, we're in that mood, and suddenly, magically, our children are calmer because it is contagious to them. And they're more, they're more, you can, you can work with them better. You can understand them better. They can understand you better. There's less tension. There's less friction. Well, I think that that works in, in so many cases, it works in everything you do. If you think about it Um, in our relationship, um, if we think about before we start the day, I'm going to let this flow and not get irritated about certain things that don't go like I thought I was going to and so on. If we think about that, we can, it's easier to stop ourselves um, when we become, uh, you know, irritated, agitated. agitated. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. All those words, irritated, agitated, upset, you know, right. Nervous, uh, all, all, all those opposites. In fact, maybe if we wanted a a sort of an alliteration opposite, the opposite of flow might be friction, you know? Right. Flow, there's no friction. Smooth, it's flowing. Friction is, you know, just the opposite. And 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 rather than saying, I'm going to try to avoid friction, we should try in our souls and in our deep, let's talk about how to try to get in that state of flow. But, but go for the offense, get in the flow, and then the friction seems to go away. The lights turn green instead of red as you're approaching them. <laughs> you're going slower, you're flowing, but things are actually happening more efficiently right? better. Right. Instead of, you know, let's just go, just think about getting in the flow. And, 
and just realizing, let it go. I, I, let you know, it go. I let want it things go. done a certain way at a certain time. And I have in my mind, this is the way it's going to happen. And it's really frustrating when it doesn't happen that way. And so often I've just said to myself, just let it go. It is not that important that it is exactly like you want it to be. And it's just, you can just feel yourself calming down when you just like, let it go. It's that person is that person and he's not going to change because I want him to. Ooh, we could create a little mantra, right? Flow, flow, let it go. <laughs> and all six-year-old girls can sing, let it go, let it go. Right, right. right. Um, so here's the big question, Linda. How... Let's say you're a listener out there or you're us. We're sitting here thinking about this concept and we say, okay, that's, I'm starting to feel what that means. And I, I like it. I want that. How do you, the big, how the big question, how do you put yourself into that flow? And we've talked about a few things. Let's review them and see if we can expand them. Um, Being able to meditate is a powerful tool. And some of our kids are really, really good meditators. I Some people do it in a Zen form with a pose and with, with actual structure and, and the way they're and sitting the and they breathing. Sit and a shawl around and, the and that's powerful. And, yeah. and, and you should, we should all explore our, our way of meditation. I, I think it has a lot to do with the breathing. And most people will tell you that the basic the basic form of meditation is just to feel the air going in your lungs and feel it going out. I've, I really enjoyed a book called breathe, which talks about five and a half seconds in five and a half seconds out and getting all the air out of your lungs. We usually, when we exhale, we don't fully exhale and then we can't fully inhale So it has to do with breathing. That can be a powerful thing. And in fact, um, a couple of weeks ago, I was in for a doctor appointment and uh, usually have really low blood pressure, but I was under a lot of pressure that day. So I walked into the office and said to the nurse, my blood pressure is going to be high. (laughs) It is going to be high. Be ready. And it was 160 over something or other. And uh, she didn't say much. She went out, but I think she went out and told the doctor. And so <laughs> he came stressed. in. He came in and he said, "Now, Linda, don't worry. We're going to work with this. Just hang on." So he he took it once, and it was still really high. And then he just took my arm and he said, "Okay, breathe, breathe, breathe in at a count of five and out at a count of six, as yeah. as much as you can let out, yeah. and now do it again." And now do it again. And he had me do it four times, just totally breathe. And then he calculated and looked at me and said, 120. (laughs) And I don't know whether he was just trying to be nice to me or not, but it does make a huge difference. It illustrates the point that, yes, your mind can control even the subconscious things in your body, like your your, your stress level and your blood pressure and so on. So, So I think... In my mind, honey, my conclusion here today is there's two ways to get into flow. One is do it from the inside, through breathing, through meditation, through music. You know, put a good set of headphones on and play Baroque music, which usually has a beat of about 60 beats a minute, which is about the same as your heartbeat. And there are a lot of studies that show that the right kind of 
Baroque music can really bring you into a feeling of relaxation and flow. In That's, fact, you know, when I got in the car that day, when I was so stressed to go to the doctor, you won't yeah. believe this. I haven't even told you this. Yeah. The last eight measures of Adagio for Strings oh, was on the radio. That's my favorite, and it's so calming. It's something that you want in the delivery room when you, when you have a baby. And it really is amazing. Obviously, it didn't help too much by the time I got there still. So, no. so that you can gain the flow by going inside yourself and creating it in your mind and in your attitude and your meditation, your breathing, your music, so on. Right. The other way is to pray for it. The right. other way is to ask the another spirit, not your own spirit, but the spirit we call the spirit of the Holy Ghost, the spirit of God, to 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 envelop you to come over you like a blanket to calm you and that that is the most powerful thing and I, I think it's a practice thing you can get to the point where you're good at asking for the spirit of the holy ghost this calming influence to come over you and put you into what we're calling today this state of flow and of joy and of being able to do things naturally. Exactly. So we hope that's given you something to think about. We're thinking about it this week. And um, we hope that you will just give it a thought and give it a try. And we will do the same. And just a little preview for next episode. We, we One of the earlier, number three, I think, in the three-letter lessons was the word slow, S-L-O, the idea that part of it is slowing yourself down a little. That ties right into what we said today on flow. And I'll give you a little preview. Next week, we're going to stay on three-letter lessons in the episode, and it's going to be on low, L-O-W. Now, you may not think low is a good word, but we're going to convince you that it is a powerful word. And that's next week. Okay, I can't wait. <laughs> so get as low as you can by, <laughs> by you the can. time you tune in With next week. With your flow. And we will see you next week on Iron Town the Road. Thanks.